Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I'll be your host this evening, morning, afternoon, middle of the night, whenever you happen to be listening slash watching. And I'm accompanied by Danny Hatch and Mark LaRocco. Welcome back, people, to our podcast universe <laughs> place. Happy home, our safe space. <laughs> we'll create our own, like, podcast universe, like, multiverse. Our place in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. How is how is life in the multiverse, guys? Oh man, somewhere I'm on a planet, <laughs> dreaming, and hurtling through space. Um, this is my my calm, peaceful multiverse. I'm sitting and doing a podcast. So, yeah. Where was it that I heard? I'm sure it was in a recent movie or a TV show or something. But they were they the idea was that your dreams. That was are you connecting to the your your other multiverse? Yeah, yep, no, that people? was the Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange too. Was that the Doctor Strange yeah. thing? I guess that was the only thing I remembered from the Doctor Strange movie. Doctor and Strange, and it just is just really disturbing. I think of yeah. all of the weirdness in that movie, that was probably the most disturbing thing because when I think about my dreams, mm. that's kind of weird to think about. Alternate Josh's doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that was the Doctor Strange, uh, Love and Thunder, Rise of Gru, mm-hmm. Maverick. Wait, I think I just oh. mixed up all the summer movies. Um, yeah, you did. Doctor Strange. <laughs> That's how I experienced the summer. Into the the madness. What did you leave out? What was it called? I can't remember. Did you leave into the into the mouth of into the mouth no, of madness? The, no, no, into 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 the maverick of madness. Was that it? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. It had something about universe in it, but yeah. It's been a confusing stretch and a confusing day. So uh-huh. you know. We'll see. We'll see if we can knock our way through this. We got a couple of big movies to talk about. One of them uh, has been out for a few days, and one of them's coming out. Uh, I say this weekend because we're recording this earlier in the week, but I guess this just kind of depends on when you're listening to us. But uh, we got a couple of couple of good ones to talk about. I'm gonna be kind of get on to some other other stuff like some uh, popular streaming series that are debuting. But uh, I don't know, Mark. I know you've been working hard on publishing your first written review for the utah.film website yes congratulations so let's how about we have you take the lead on a movie that i know you and danny have seen and i thought i had seen the source material from but apparently i am wrong Mm -hmm. so i'll I'll turn it over to you okay let me talk about this new movie uh, a british american comedy mystery uh, called see how they run which is directed by Tom George, and it has uh, starring Saoirse Ronan and Sam Rockwell. Um, Basically, the play, or the movie, well, I said play, maybe that was a little bit of a Freudian slip, (laughs) because there's a play called The Mousetrap, and it came out in 1952, and this is a a true story. It's by Agatha Christie, and the the movie starts in 1953, where the play, uh, the cast members and crew members of the play are celebrating its... 100th uh, performance, 100th consecutive performance. Um, And there is the possibility of this play being turned into a movie. There's going to be supposedly a film adaptation of The Mousetrap because it's a smashing success. And Adrian Brody plays a kind of sleazy, unlikable, contemptible Hollywood film director um, whose face I've described as just, he looks like a caricature of a real person. Even though I know he's a real person, I saw him win an Oscar and kiss Halle Berry. Um, this was pre-Me Too, by the way. But he, uh, he won for The Pianist, and uh, mm-hmm. he's been in a bunch of Wes Anderson movies. He's been in actually kind of a lot of good movies, but 
in this movie, he's the director who is going to make the film version of The Mousetrap. And he wants to add a big, you know, slam bang action scene to get butts in the seats and change the change really what the play is going to be about. And in the very opening scene, and I, I mean, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not an end. It's not the main any of the main spoilers of the movie. He is uh, he's killed off. So we have this play where there's a murder mystery, and that's what that's what the mousetrap is. The movie itself is now a murder mystery where two uh, detectives are investigating the murder of this Hollywood director who wanted to make the film adaptation of The Mousetrap. And uh, it's, yeah, so it's a little bit of life imitating art. And they, they go around, follow clues, and pursue leads, and interview slash interrogate various suspects. And as you might imagine, in the theater world, they're quite interesting characters. Um, and some of them are, are based, I've learned, on real people. For example, oh, yeah. the person who starred as the original, um, in the original cast, I think it was original cast. He might have come on right after it started. Was Richard no, it was, it was original. Was it original? Yeah. Yeah, Richard Attenborough, who we all know as John Hammond in Jurassic Park. Yep. He also directed Gandhi. Um, he, he was, he was in also Hollywood. The Great Escape. The Great Escape, that's right. Yep. He, he was in Hollywood movies for, I don't know, 50 years or something like that. <laughs> um, and so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, and you've heard his brother's voice in many nature videos from the BBC. That's right. David? Oh. Sir David? I assume yep. he's a sir. I don't know. He should be. Um, <laughs> they're, all, they're all sirs They're all there. sirs, yeah. <laughs> sirs and dames. And speaking of dames, Agatha Christie is a dame. And one of the things that's interesting about this movie that's also true. Now, keep in mind, the see how they run is fictional. It's a fictional kind of funny, goofy, you know, comedy mystery. Um, but there's many elements of it that do contain truth, which I found quite interesting. Agatha Christie notoriously did not like film adaptations of her, her works, her plays and her books. So one thing that she has decreed, she had decreed in um, the contract for The Mousetrap is that it cannot be made into a movie until six months after the end of its theatrical release. And this, and this is part of the movie that, that is contained within this movie. Um, because, you know, at the time that people don't really know that it's going to go for a long time, you know, as, as we open in this movie, it's been playing for a year. Well, in real life, fast forward 70 years, and the mousetrap has been playing for, other than the COVID pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic, where there was a little bit of a break in basically all plays around the world, it's been playing consecutively for 70 years. Thus, it has not been made into a movie proper. Um, is that longer than Cats? Yeah, I believe so, cats yes. every time. Cats, I, I don't understand the because I've heard the same thing about Cats, um, and maybe this overtook Cats for the longest running play. That they weren't, they, they weren't going to make a movie until six months after it stopped its run? Oh, no. No, um, they, it's basically the, the, the contract for Cats, it just says they should never make a movie of this. <laughs> for any reason they broke do that, that contract ever, yeah they ever, did ever. <laughs> okay so to clarify so so agatha christie wrote the mousetrap as a play right so this was not so it wasn't a play that was based on one of her books because i only really i only knew that she wrote books yeah I didn't realize that she wrote she was a playwright she well. wrote plays and i believe this is only a play and um it's an interesting play because it, this reminds me a little bit of uh, you know alfred hitchcock 
when Psycho came out, he really, really did not want people to spoil the ending. He implored, yeah. you know, he even he even told movie theater owners that they couldn't let people in late. He didn't want people to miss a minute of it, to miss because obviously near the beginning, a major character that's a major actress in Hollywood is is killed off, and um, and he didn't want people to spoil the ending. And Agatha Christie basically wrote an epilogue to this play in which the character the actors break the fourth wall and talk to the audience and tell them not to spoil it for their friends, you know, because they're, they're saying this kind of on the heels of a shocking reveal and conclusion to the play. And so, um, that's the, yeah, that's also, you know, part, part of this. And this is, and that's for the mousetrap, right? That's for the, the mousetrap. Yeah. I'm trying not no, to be it, confusing because this is sort of a meta murder mystery. Well, right. Yeah. And that's, so, I mean, yeah. like it, th that still kind of like plays a part in, um, the movie, like they mm -hmm. kind of sign off in a very similar way. Um, yeah. It starts by kind of talking about, you know, the genre tropes and everything. Like it is very meta, and um, and I think that was played off very, very well. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't think that it ever got too obnoxious. Definitely ridiculous, but like in a way where I thought, you know, the the creation of it was very satisfying the use of it it was very funny um mark um I, I know you've talked about how um and maybe this is a spoiler for your review but i, I loved all the like you know hidden things all the references like it's mm -hmm. it's very smart very cleverly written um i just i i feel very conflicted with this movie because even though i love all those things and i think the performances were amazing i loved these characters i love these actors portraying them um but like the mystery part of it, I didn't enjoy as much. And hmm. I'm trying to figure out how, cause like, it's not that the ending didn't make sense. I thought, you know, the who did, done did it. Like I, I thought, I thought that was all good. It's just like, because there was so much style going on, there wasn't as much of that like mystery and investigation for me. Like I never felt very suspicious of anybody. And I think you're kind of wanting to be suspicious of everybody. Cause everyone kind of has this motive against this lazy director. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't yeah. know. I feel so conflicted about it. Cause like, it's such a great experience watching it. Yeah. But it didn't it, feel like a great groundbreaking mystery for me. I yeah, don't know. For, was that kind of your for experience? Me, I, I didn't. Yeah. I kind of agree. I mean, for me, it was, it was, it was charming. And it yeah. was fun, but it was a it was light fare. It was mildly annoying at times because I know that, <laughs> and I think I put this in my review. A lot of the references I just didn't get. A lot of oh. the I think if you're really know if you know the genre well, let's say you're just an Agatha Christie guru or you're you know a big fan of murder mysteries, you're going to know certain things that probably I just didn't know in in the movie. But there's enough other jokes and just clever you know, line deliveries and even just the banter between Sir Ronan and Sam Rockwell, oh, nice. because Sam Rockwell is this world weary drunkard of a detective that almost just looks like he kind of has to trudge through his job that he doesn't love, but he's good at it. And he's assigned to train um, a constable, Constable Stalker, uh, which is Sir Ronan, who, who's trying to learn and just soak in everything she can. And the funny thing is she knows about a lot, about a lot of other things, such as movies. She's quoting movie lines and doing impressions of Catherine Hepburn and, 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 but <laughs> well, she's so impression. eager. Yeah. <laughs> she's so eager to learn and, and, uh, but also share what she knows. She overshares, but that's also for our benefit. It's for the audience's yeah. benefit. 
because Rockwell or, you know, a stopper doesn't care to hear it, but we learn things from her and, but she's very perceptive. Well, it was such a great way to like introduce the characters because she's always yeah. butting in. It's like, oh, this is the actor, like, or, oh, mm -hmm. this is the person who owns it. And like, he doesn't care, but yeah, it's, it was a great, very quick way to where it's like, you know, they're always very aware of the audience's awareness and like what we're mm -hmm. needing. And I thought that was really good, that kind of connection yeah. there for sure. And, and the filming, the way it was filmed, I compared it to like a Wes Anderson movie. Compositionally, there's a lot of symmetry, interesting use of color, some quick zooms. There's funny flashbacks, some of them maybe even kind of pointless, just <laughs> to have a flashback. And so, I don't know, you know when you talk about how an actor like chews up the scenery, probably like Brody does in this movie. How do you, what do you describe it when a director chews up the scenery? You know, like the way that... Uh, well, Wes Anderson does some of his movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very yeah. stylistic. It's not realistic, you know. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how this was a little bit. There's a lot of split screen, you know, where you, you see three things going on at once and they're, you know, maybe they're simultaneous. And um, and so, but it was, it was fun. I mean, it wasn't boring. And that's one thing I can say for the movie. It's like I, I was never, you know, bored or looking at my watch, looking at my, well, I don't have a yeah. watch, my phone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and uh, I was I was glad I saw it, and I so I recommend it. I mean, not enthusiastically, but I can recommend the film. Well, and so we were talking about this right before we decided to start recording, and this is where I found out something I didn't realize until we were just about ready to start recording. Um, but this is not an adaptation of another play, like because I know mm -hmm. that one of the reasons when I saw this was going to come out, I thought, oh, see how they run. I think I've seen the play. Mm -hmm. I'll have to see if the movie's any good but apparently this is not based on a play or anything that this is a just kind of a standalone movie that is referencing an existing play the mousetrap but is not a remake or an adaptation of anything else that was called see how they run which might be confusing right. people because i'm pretty sure i wouldn't be the only person expecting that yeah there are about four or five movies called see how they run and they don't appear to be related they just are related in title only um, and then there's a play called See How They Run, which has nothing to do with this movie, See How They Run, and it has nothing to do with the play, The Mousetrap, on which the current 2022 version of See How They Run is, and I shouldn't even say version of, the 2022 movie, See How They Run, is based. So I may have just confused people even more. But, um, I mean, luckily, I have seen The Mousetrap. I've seen the play at the Hale Center Theater here in, in Sandy, Sandy, Utah, and uh, it's, it was great. I mean, it was fun. They, if any of you have been to the Hale Center Theater, they have, there's two kind of theater spaces where they show, where they have plays. Um, one is called the Jewel Box Theater, and um, the other one is like the Living, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the larger space. It, it seats about twice as many. It's like 900 and something, and the Jewel Box is about 450. And so um, it's not, the larger one is more of a traditional theater in the round. Like there's- For the A-team. Yeah, it's like a stadium. For the A-team. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then- and, Headliners. Right, it's the big ones. <laughs> and, and they actually have an amazing technological, uh, you know, wizardry. The, the crew that oh, yeah. they, what they do there, like with the Wizard of Oz with the bicycle flying around. And I mean, um, we've seen, you know, An American in Paris there and Les Mis was a, was amazing newsies i mean they they really use the whole 
space everywhere they can. And they have, you know, like things uh, going way up in the rafters and way down into the, 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 the lower area. And so the, a play like the Mousetrap doesn't need or use any of that. Smaller plays, we've seen like always Patsy Cline, kind of like a, it's, it's like kind of like a two-woman show. And there's, um, uh, anyway, I've seen other ones there. Oh, Daddy Long Legs is another one that I, I recommend. But The Mousetrap has about seven or eight cast members. And it all takes place in this, this country manor, you know, during, during a wintry storm. And so when you, when you have a play where you just don't need to have lots of different diverse settings, it's, you know, it's better to show it in that jewel box theater. Um, but the ending is, uh, and did you say you've seen the play or not, Danny? I have remember. not. So that's okay. why, like, I didn't know if maybe there were some things that I was missing out on okay. while watching See How They Run. Because, like, they do a lot of great scenes um, mm -hmm. where, you know, there's stuff going on with the play. There's stuff going on with the investigation. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I, I, I can tell that, like, it was... Mm -hmm. I, I mean, even as someone who didn't see the play, like, I could still follow it. I could still understand. But I wondered if there was, like, more going on there than I was catching on. Yeah. I think it's funny how, I mean, they talk about the mousetrap a lot in this movie. There's yeah. performances of it that they go see. Several characters, you know, that are the, the inspectors and others go see the play. And so as an audience, we see part of it as well. And um, I can't remember if they reveal the ending of the play in the movie they don't okay good so you could still go into it cold um well because that is a big thing is like you know you don't right. spoil a mousetrap like i that, still don't know what right and that would actually dead. probably make agatha christie turn over in her grave <laughs> right she's dead right okay anyway yeah i think she's <laughs> pretty sure <laughs> yeah she she'd be like 120 by now but um, i was gonna say <laughs> how, how young she would have had to have been if she was writing <laughs> writing a play in the early 1950s and was still alive 70 years later. Well, she oh. was writing so much about death, she knew how to escape it all these years, you know. Oh, so. there you go. There you go. Well, I mean, I mean Queen Elizabeth just died and she was she was already running 96? England. Wasn't she running? I think she was she began her or her queen her reign early 50s, The right? year the year this play came out in 1952. Because she wow. had a seventy-year reign, so there Is that we a go. Coincidence? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she inspired Agatha. Maybe there. Maybe there's. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's a mystery to investigate. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just checked. She did. She died in 1976. 1890 to 1976. So okay, there you go. That was a good year. So, uh, mm -hmm. as far as we know. As far as we know. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so I am going to try to interpret what I'm sensing from you guys. I, I get the sense that both of you enjoyed the movie, mm -hmm. would generally recommend it, but is it essential to see in the theater or we just because it, it seems like oh, you guys I think are both kind of like theater. It, I mean, it was good in the theater, but it's not essential. I, I mean, I don't see any great advantage to seeing the theater versus seeing it at home, especially where it's uh -huh. sort of a I mean, it's not like a staged version of a play or anything, but um, I, I mean, I guess I generally, if, if I don't think a movie is a great movie, I don't really rush, you know, or urge yeah. people to rush to see in the theater. But what did, what did you yeah. think, Danny? Well, because it, so, it, sounds, it sounds like you guys recommend it, but not in a, like a priority way. Like, I, yeah, I would definitely say go out in and theaters, see this right I would away. argue that because like um, I loved 
the the music for it. And mm-hmm. I feel like the music would be best in theater. But, like, it is supposed to look very stylish. It's very bright. The sounds are very good. So, like, I mean, I think it's still worth it to see in theaters. But yeah. it would be, like, something you see once. I think that's yeah. kind of the big thing. Well, and, and to amend what I said previously, I, I always think seeing a movie in a theater is superior to seeing it at home, even if you have an 80-inch TV. So, yeah, you'll, you'll, you would have a better experience seeing it in a theater yeah. than seeing it at home, but you also are paying $10 or whatever. So, you know. Yeah, so, so, maybe, so maybe it's a $5 Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. It was a $5 Tuesday for me, so that was <laughs> fine. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Well, so uh, obviously, uh, if you're listening closely, you'll discern that I have not seen See How They Run, um, uh, nor have I, I, yeah, like I said, I thought I had seen the, the play, but apparently I haven't seen that either. So, um, <laughs> but your time was uh, well spent. <laughs> but my time was well spent because I did see something else this week, a movie that I had been pretty excited to see for a while. Um, not as excited now that I've seen it, and I'll explain why. Uh, there's a new movie, kind of a kind of a half horror, half sci-fi movie called "Don't Worry, Darling." Uh, it's directed by Olivia Wilde and stars uh, Florence Pugh, who you might know from Little Women and Yelena in the Marvel movies. Uh, she's a great actress. I really have enjoyed seeing her in pretty much everything she's done. Oh yeah. Uh, and she plays the central character Alice, uh, who is a, a housewife in a planned community uh, that uh, just is like the ideal 1962 like all of the they're all driving like these these classic t-birds and the homes are all kind of like 1960s style and the soundtrack of this movie is just wall to wall kind of late 50s early 60s a lot of kind of post elvis pre-beatles kind of top 40 pop music um that is really spectacular and just creates this this unique vibe of kind of early 1960s style in a planned community in isolated high desert California. And so there's a very, very clear mood. And it's also kind of creepy because because Alice and all of her fellow housewives and all of their husbands are living in this isolated planned community where all of the all of the husbands work for a company called uh, I think it's the Victory Project. And and they during the day, they work on this kind of classified stuff that I think it's like progressive materials or something. It's all very kind of mysterious and ambiguous and and very, I don't know, like there, there are a couple movies this reminded me of. And and one of them I can't mention because it gives too much about too much away about the movie. Uh, but another one, if if you've seen a handful of movies or more, it's going to jump to your mind pretty quickly is uh, The Stepford Wives. Um, which originally came out in the early 1970s and was remade, what, about 10, 15 years ago with Nicole Kidman? Was yeah, that it was about ago? early 2000s, like 04. Yeah. yeah. Well, but there's, and, and, and both of those movies were kind of about this, you know, kind of a critique of the, the patriarchal idea of, you know, the traditional housewife and, and basically these men replaced their wives with robots because they wanted to have the perfect wife and perfect spouse and all this. And there's this very kind of sanitized, too good to be true, idyllic, you know, ripped from the 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 nineteen sixty ads in Life magazine type of feel. And it's presented in this really kind of creepy way, like there's something off here, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and so Alice is uh, you know, she's she's kind of one of the the main character, main housewives, and uh her husband is uh, played by Harry Styles. 
and uh and the two of them are just you know they're they they're in like the extended honeymoon phase of their relationship but they're in this community and one of the other wives starts to kind of crack up and have some some mental issues and have some some problems and she starts to kind of push back against this culture that they're in and that leads alice to become more suspicious of what's really going on and which is all to kind of say that you know the the movie is about determining what's really going on in this community um uh, chris pine from the star trek movies and from uh wonder woman he he plays kind of the cult leader uh who's running the show and of course he's everything is played up as a very obvious like okay well so and so is creepy and this is this, he's obviously up to something and and it's a very very stylish movie i mean aside from kind of the like i say the late 50s early 60s aesthetic there's there's also a lot of uh i think I believe john powell is does the score and it's very very creepy and and uh just lots of just deliberate cinematography and and a lot of kind of not just movie score but like chanting type sounds and it's it's, mm. it's all it's very very atmospheric and the style is really cool the movie though like i say it just really quickly reminds you of other things and then doesn't really distinguish itself so so you kind of feel like and like i said i can't i can't give you so so i'm okay saying that it's like the stepford wives because the twist is not like the Stepford Wives. So it has that vibe. It has kind of that same atmosphere. It's, it seems to be kind of making the same criticisms about society and culture, but the women are not robots. And so, so that's not the twist. There's a different twist. There's a couple of different twists actually. And, and so. But those were still very reminiscent. Well, and that, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, even though it has some other twists, I still kind of came away from it feeling like, okay, well, so what else is new? Like you haven't, you haven't really given me anything different or anything. I mean, if, if nobody has seen, and it's not even just Stepford Wives. I mean, even if you haven't seen either of the Stepford Wives movies, I don't get the sense that you're going to come away from this feeling like, oh, wow, what a great original idea, you know? And, and so it's too bad because you have some really fantastic actors and performances uh olivia wilde like i said she is the director but she also plays uh one of alice's uh neighbors and it feels i think one of the things that disappointed me the most was that they had the potential to comment on more than kind of your stepford wife type of idea addressed but then they missed it and mm -hmm. it's so so the end result felt a little bit too repetitive and a little too two-dimensional um and just so it was just an unsatisfying ending and it just you mm -hmm. know so and then just i mean i think the content itself would probably be be off-putting for for a lot of audiences uh there's it's not what i would describe as a hard r-rated movie um towards the end there's some there's some language that definitely uh gets into r-rated territory and there's, there's kind of a sexual vibe and some sexual content that it never becomes graphic, but is definitely like uncomfortable enough that you kind of, you know, you wouldn't want to go watch it with grandma. <laughs> so, so like, so yeah, so which, which is all to say that like, it's, it's far from, you know, the, the most 
explicit thing out there. Um, but it's but it's definitely an R-rated movie, and 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 doesn't really have enough for me to make up for any of those those shortcomings or or anything. And so, so like I say, I mean, because the style's cool. I I did. It's it's visually an interesting movie. The soundtrack alone. I mean. This is this is one of those soundtracks where you could go and it'd be like a, a, a two CD set packed with about thirty to forty classic hits from between nineteen fifty eight and nineteen sixty two, um, but unfortunately, that's probably the best thing that will emerge from it. So don't worry, darling, and don't worry about seeing it. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, I'm so bummed out because like um, this is one that I've been looking forward to, just because like the trailers have been so interesting mm-hmm. and mysterious and there's a lot of imagery and i don't know mm-hmm. if it's because like you know I, I don't know if i feel super housewifey like that but i kind of do like you know i'm doing like a lot of the cooking and cleaning and there were just a lot of elements in some of the horror shots where it kind of felt like mm-hmm. oh sometimes this is kind of stifling sometimes this feels very claustrophobic sometimes it feels very pointless and so like i i loved those aspects of the trailer so i thought you know that could be something very interesting but and i guess i guess that's what is frustrating about it is that they said that they made that same point in 1974 or whenever stepford wives came out right which to be fair i haven't seen that so maybe that's why this felt very new to me but well and i i kind of felt like Okay, if you want to make that criticism, that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, I know women who like working and living at home. Absolutely. You know, and, and no, 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 I totally right. enjoy it. Oh yeah, I, but I that's—I guess that's see, the like, problem. What is it that makes this horrific? Like, what is that different? Yeah. That extra spice to it, you know? Like, right, and that's. I don't know. And that's what seems to be missing is yeah. that it feels very two-dimensional, kind of like it just feels like okay the. You know the 1960s, 1950s idyllic thing is really a nightmare, and that's about as far as it went. You know, mm-hmm. and it, whereas there were there were hints here and there that kind of suggested that oh, there might be kind of different points of view on this, and people might have different different reasons for wanting to be in this arrangement. Mm-hmm. But then they don't really explore them, and so it just kind of comes out sounding like okay, well, you're basically just saying the same thing that they said 50 years ago and and there's just no you know it was it was it was two-dimensional back then too and and so it felt like i said i mean i think that if it hadn't been for kind of the interesting style of the movie if it hadn't been for you know such a great actress in in the lead role it would just kind of be i don't know what's the the cinematic equivalent of in one ear and out the other but that's you know Mm -hmm. It's it's almost it's more disappointing when it has the potential to be something cool and doesn't and kind of falls on its face yeah. versus something that just never really had the potential in the first place. Yeah, um, I mean, it, you but, could tell in the theater, in the trailer it has high production values, a lot of great actors. Oh yeah, I, I've mm-hmm. liked Pew and everything I've seen her in. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Midsummer and I haven't seen the uh, Black Widow, but like Little Women, she's mm-hmm. you know she and Ronan are the best things in that movie um, easily <laughs> yeah. uh, best parts of that movie and um so yeah it looked it looked like it it could have been good it had a lot of potential but and also there's a lot of controversy surrounding you know right. like right uh shia labeouf 
you know, was, was oh, going right. to be in it. And then there was, he and uh, Olivia Wilde had conflicting stories about why he was no longer part of the project. You know, he wasn't in the right. movie anymore. And he kind of actually refuted her claims with evidence, like with actual Yeah, uh, he had a little more to back him her. up. And, I don't want to um, turn this into like celebrity gossip, right? Or anything, yeah, but it is very interesting when these next kind of on things... Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> I know exactly, but it's kind of interesting when these sort of things happen because it's like you know when you're seeing this conflict between director and actors and kind of like all these issues with production, like how is that going to affect the movie, right? Like, yeah. uh, were they not able to get to shooting certain scenes that would have made this? A little bit better were mm. some of the performances not as good as they could have been because the actors didn't want to be there like i don't know if you've yeah. seen any of the stuff with like uh chris pine doing like the interviews and everything but he is like totally zoned out and everything he's so over the whole production yeah and so it's, it's like how does that affect the performance in the movie right it sounds to me like the story is the biggest problem yeah i mean yeah. great music great setting like it has a lot of promise but then where they took the story, and I'm just I'm basing this off of Josh's review because I haven't yeah. seen it. Mm. But I mean, it sounds like they could have they could have done more interesting things with the story and and yeah. maybe had a better ending or whatever. So I I don't I mean it looked interesting to me, but I don't really plan to see it. And well, and that's you know what what you say I think is is key because for the first half hour, I was sitting there thinking, well, this is cool. You know, this yeah. is, you know, this is very atmospheric. There's a really cool vibe here. This has got this great soundtrack. Yeah. You got all these, you know, these great actors. But there's and also there's probably this, an this very tangible, yeah. Right. And so, yeah. so from, from early on, you know that, okay, Something's the up. big question here <laughs> is what is going on. Right. Yeah. And that, and, and if the movie can stick that landing, it's going to be awesome. Uh -huh. If they give us some satisfying answer to that question, it's going to be great. But instead it was kind of, well, I could have told you that 20 minutes in mm -hmm. like that's yeah. and that's yeah. how i felt about uh what was um the the last Shyamalan movie old oh um, i haven't the seen one, that one yeah well it's the same same type of deal where you know it's a it's set up as this big mystery early on where okay something crazy something different's happening and this movie is going to be about answering the question of what's really going on and so if they can answer it well good movie if they can't you're going to end on a down note and it's going to feel like a disappointment. And that's, that's how don't worry, darling felt like for me, it was, it didn't, it didn't follow through. It didn't answer the question in a satisfying way. Yeah. So, hmm. so poo poo. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately I don't think that I could really recommend don't worry, darling. There are a lot of things I like about it, but I wish were good enough to recommend it totally. But, I don't know, just altogether couldn't quite pull it off. But, uh, but on the positive side, it sounds like not only do you guys recommend See How They Run, but you can back it up in writing. So both of you have uh, your uh, written reviews for See How They Run, so definitely take the time to swing over to utah.film and check those out. Uh, anything else going on that we need to leave off with? We're a little shorter this time. We're just going to focus on the two movies. We've got some other stuff coming down the pike probably uh, next week or the week after. Yeah, a lot of but, stuff is uh, coming out, you know, just yeah. kind of quickly. Yeah. There's a lot to cover. Right, and I know that I'll be seeing Amsterdam soon, so I don't know if that'll that be. I don't think I'll see that. Yeah, I don't think I'll see that before we record our next episode, uh, but certainly within the next couple of weeks, look mm -hmm. for something there. So mm -hmm. in the meantime, 
just re-listen to this podcast over and over again and, and enjoy, what did I say, our, our buttery voices yeah, last exactly. time? Yeah, exactly. Just have it on repeat you know. to like lull you to sleep, you know? Just... There you go. Just some, just some soothing, soothing tones. I think but, my laugh uh, is anything but soothing, as I've had to like edit it a lot. So I apologize. That's okay. Oh, no apology needed. The sounds uh, of cinema. The sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. It's been great, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.